When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Manchester Football Social Forever Blue with Ian Cheeseman. Hey, we're back. The Centurion Champions uh, and we're back. And of course, if you're outside of Greater Manchester, but you're listening live and you know anybody who wants to listen to this and, oh, they can't get it on 106.1 FM. Yes, you can. Download the free app on XS Manchester. You can get it all season. We'll also tweet out a little later on uh, the podcast link. I'll do it on my personal Twitter, also on the XS Manchester Twitter. And today is an extra, extra bonus. First of all, I've got two legends in the studio with me as if one isn't enough. The omnipresent and always here anyway, Paul Lake, but David White as well, and you two played together in the same team. It doesn't get any better, does it? I don't think so, mate, no. Obviously, <laughs> it's great to be uh, we sat here with Dave and having a, having a catch-up and... Uh... As we know, talking about all things our beloved Man City. And I know, because I saw you tweeting out earlier today, Dave, that talking about City this evening, it doesn't get any better, does it? No, it certainly doesn't. And uh, obviously, back of the uh, back of last season, just looking forward, to, obviously Sunday was a, a, a great sort of curtain raiser. The, the, the quality was brilliant. The tour sounded great. Looked like you were having a good time, were you? Yeah, it was all right. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. Well, there we go then. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think uh, I think we can look forward to a great season and hopefully the uh, the the big trophy at the end of it. Absolutely. That's, of course, the Champions League. We'll talk about a few different things, including Joe Hart in a second. I'll also tell you that during the course of this hour, we're going to give you the, co- the chance to win uh, a very special little suitcase. I'll tell you more about it uh, in about 15 minutes from now, and then we'll let you tweet in and all you'll need to do, I'll give you the, the tweet num- the tweet number, and you c- tweet number, the text number, and you can just put Forever Blue, and that in itself enters you in the draw. And at the end of Forever Blue, somebody will be picked out and win this little mini suitcase. You can see it by finding at XS Manchester on Twitter. You can see a picture of it um, and a little video as well. And that could be yours. Right, let's get straight into Joe Hart. Joe Hart's gone to Burnley. Um, He's obviously been out on loan a couple of times. Now it's a permanent deal. He's gone. And finally, the legend that is Joe Hart has moved on. 
How do you feel about it? I mean, is it a sad day? Is it a happy day that he's moved moved on for him? I mean, or what's your conclusion, lads? I think it's um, it's it's a happy day for Joe, really. I mean, he's been in a bit of limbo land, obviously being at uh, West Ham, and he's still in the Premier League with uh, Burnley. I mean, David and I were speaking before, and he was saying obviously that the Burnley keepers are injured, which means that there's a chance he'll get in and start, and then maybe you know if he finds the kind of form that we know he's capable of then he could very could well keep his place and keep some like Pope out, who, as we know, has been fantastic last season and has been an ever-present ever for them and, and obviously getting into the England side. But uh, alongside that is the fact that, you know, Joe, Joe's been much maligned because of the fact that City have a certain type of goalkeeper. Now, let's be honest, Thibaut Courtois couldn't get into City's team because that isn't how he plays. You know, and he's the guy's been one of the best keepers in the world. You know, there's anybody, Manuel Neuer, that you can think of who has got that presence and has got the feet to match. So, really, he's, he's been given a, you know, um, uh, poor press, really, in terms of what he's capable of. He's a fantastic shot stopper. He's a, he's a great professional. And he will always be a Man City legend. I mean, from, from when I saw him go on loan to Birmingham and come back, you know, he's just grown and grown and grown. And, you know, he's been the one, the one player that you've always seen has really had City's, you know, at his heart. Then it became Vincent Company and all the rest of it. But Joe was always that person, that go-to person. And at the same time, he's grown in the shirt, you know, and, and he's become... We talk about Joe Corrigan, who we're speaking to later, as you may you know, as, as, a, as a legend. But I think Joe Hart will have to go down at this moment in time as being the number one, you know, when he took over from Shea Given. And he was just incredible how he's, how he's matured and played for England, you know, and, and he's been a shining example to, to lots of the players and what it means to be a Man City player. From a personal note as well, when my son was a mascot, he walked out with Joe Hart. So he's got it's a picture on our stairwell of Edward with, with Joe Hart. So he's always got a place in our heart. You know, he's <laughs> Joe Hart, the Man City heart, and he'll always be loved. How many puns is he going to get in one <laughs> sentence there? What, what, go on, Dave. What, 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 I, what? I've got to agree. I, I think uh, the club has got, really does have a great tradition with goalkeepers, even, you know, in, including... David James and David Seaman and Peter Schmeichel, who've been great goalkeepers before the time at City, but obviously going back to Frank Swift and Bert Trotman. And, and really, um, in terms of what he's achieved at the club, um, in terms of medals won, you know, you look back to the, the, the team of the 60s and 70s, and we don't wax lyrical about Harry Dowd, really, do we? Obviously, Big Joe was a great... We've had great, great goalkeepers. He's, he's achieved more than anybody here. And I think the, the sort of real shame... Um, if I dare be slightly critical of the manager, is that I think other players, when he came, who didn't quite play in the manner in which he wanted them to, he's really, really worked with them and given them time to become that player. And Joe, Joe never seemed to get that time. And, and I said that, you know, the, that close season, that, uh, you know, work with him. I, I, I believe he can do it. It's, you're asking something of a goalkeeper that has never been asked of before. And I think given the opportunity, he, he would have got there. So that, I, that's, I think that's the big shame. But he, he, he leaves absolutely as a legend, as Paul said, definitely. I, I would say City's best ever goalkeeper. Away from the footballing side, which obviously we will talk about, and you are talking about, I would say off the field, when you look at how Yaya Toure departed and the comments that have been made since, which has tarnished his reputation, Joe Hart, who would have reason to be quite upset and bitter, because you've already expressed that, has never done that. I was out in America on pre-season and he was part of that group. He played in two of the games, uh, a half each, and I saw his body language, I saw him interacting with people, and he, he did carry himself like a legend who didn't have a chip on his shoulder and who didn't have, didn't have this grudging anger. 
He's done an interview today, uh, which I don't know if you had a chance to see. It's on the City website and on their social media. And we're going to play a little two-minute extract of it now. But I think if you watch that, by all means, go and find it on social media or whatever. It's brilliant. It's done by a really good interviewer as well, Rob Pollard, who works for the club. And you can hear the emotion that Joe has uh, in his departure. He talks here a little bit about 2012 and, and he, he passes on his best wishes to the fans. Uh, and he also talks about 2011. It's been a fantastic experience. You know, I've grown a lot. I came here in 19. You know, I'm going to leave 31, so that's a long time. Um, you know, it's hard to look at yourself, but I certainly feel a lot of love and a lot of, lot of appreciation. And, you know, I've, I've always enjoyed the Man City fans. I wouldn't have been able to do the things I did if I wasn't um, embraced how I have been. So I'm happy to have given, you know, the fans some great memories and hopefully I'll be, I'll be thought of well when I, when I do leave. The final against Stoke, there's a real um, outpouring of emotion at the full-time whistle, obviously, because it's 35 years of, of not, not winning a trophy have ended. Are you aware, in moments like that, of kind of the level of history and, and significance that you've created for a football club? I think we were, and I think it was um, it was hard to take in. You know, if I could do if I could do the celebrations again, I would. You know, my family were, were kind of shaking me. I was just I didn't know what to do. I was kind of dumbfounded. It, it's a moment, you know, when you work so hard for something and it and it does actually come off. I don't think you quite know what to do. It was just happy. It was just happy. It was nothing more. There was nothing other than just than happiness and that. That's a really nice thing to be a part of. Next clip is just the celebrations from. 2012 after Aguero and the trophy lift but there is a moment of you arms out wide yeah. running and then the moment with Gail Clichy I mean they're kind of images that are going to be remembered at this football club forever aren't they that was a that was a crazy day um, a really emotional day and, and one maybe we weren't particularly prepared, prepared for you know we we expected professionally to do a job that day and you know you just didn't expect the whole drama to unfold how he did how it did and I, I spent the whole second half probably the last 40 minutes at least of just in, in disbelief well I think um, I speak for every City fan when I say that you've played a massive role in, in getting us where we are today and we just want to thank you very much for everything that you've done no oh, it's a pleasure and I want to thank you guys as well you've been better than I could ever imagine, imagine towards me and I appreciate it. Watch the whole interview, it's well worth mm -hmm. it, but even in that little snapshot, yeah. you get you get a fantastic feeling, don't you? You do, you do, and again, you, you see that connection between you know, Joe and City and, and, and the experiences that he's had and the memories that he had, but also the memories that he's given us and the legacy that he's left for Manchester City and for all of our fans. You know, and as Dave has said, that the history of, of goalkeepers that he's had to compete and, and, and look up to and be astride of, and now he's, he's, he's overtaken that, both in, in terms of his, his presence, his stature, the trophies that he's won. But you, you just get that sense there, that really emotion. You, you can't, that's not contrived. There's no one kissing a bad side. That's genuine. You know, you can't hide that. And that just shows you the person, you know, behind the goalkeeping shirt and, and the connection with Manchester City. And that's another reason why, in my opinion, he'll be he'll be always be loved. And I think the thing the thing is with this football club as well. Um, if you leave, if, if the fans have liked and you've you've always given your best, you you will be loved forever. And you know, the two of us can tell you that we, um, you know, during the time when you're playing, if things aren't going so great, they'll 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 have a go at you. You might 
I was speaking about about it with somebody else. You might be out and about in town, and, and, and the natural reaction if things aren't going well is to, you know, maybe criticise or criticise a teammate. You get nothing of that when you when you've left the football club. You were just sort of fondly, and, and um, as you say, the 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 emotion shown in the interview um, is you know is is absolutely genuine. I've got to mention Tony Colton as well. I forgot because course, he yeah. <laughs> he was on that level of all those other goalkeepers as well. But um, absolutely true emotion. I will go back and watch it, certainly myself. Uh, and it's brilliant. And the other thing is, uh, maybe, you see, we're seeing a lot of older goalkeepers go into big clubs at the moment. So never say never, eh? Well, obviously, he he's English. So that makes a difference in terms of how well he can speak. He isn't from Manchester, though. You two are City fans. You grew up as City fans. So there is an obvious connection. And when I look from the outside now at this group of players, on the one hand, I think, well, the millionaires who live in a bubble. So is it ever going to be the same again going forward? Will there be 30, 40 years from now in a radio st- uh, studio, two City players like you two, legends, doing a radio show? Or will the new generation not want to do that and think, no, nah, I don't have that connection? But I look at Joe Hart... And I look at Gareth Barry and other English players. Uh, you know, we've seen a little bit from Jolie and Lescott. And I think, well, yeah, there are still some around. I can see Vincent Company. I can see Pablo Zabaleta. And actually, there's probably, it feels to me anyway, as if there's a more than normal number in this particular squad of players yeah. who play with a proper heart and proper team ethic and proper sense of wanting to be part of a football club. So may- maybe there is hope that there'll there's, be a, there's been longevity a new David Wright and a new Paul Lake. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's been longevity of careers, haven't there? We, we've had a lot of players who've played a lot of games, and that's due to the fact that we bought quality players and we were successful. So um, even through several managers, we, we've had people who've played here for a long, long time. And some of them have maybe married... English girls and and they've had the kids in Manchester and the kids are going and so and suddenly um, those are the important things you know where's my family settled where's my kids settled and you like all those people you've mentioned a lot of those people you're talking about them like because they live in Manchester then the kids consider themselves English and Mancunians and that is absolutely fantastic I think as well Cheesy you know when you're talking about um, the philosophy at City a lot of it is around that humility that piece around team team first obviously you can be a legend you can be world world class you know, we have got world-class players in our team, no, no two ways about it. But team comes first, and Pep Guardiola has hammered that home to the, to the players. And that sense of humility, you know, it's only important as the next game, as the next game, as the next game. So I think that groundedness, despite the fact that these are multimillionaires and, and world-class and world-renowned, they still have that sense of togetherness and that humility. And I think that, that transpires you know, in, in the way that they conduct themselves off of the pitch. And and as Vinnie Company said, I always remember the first interview we did after we won the won the title was that you know I've dreamt of this as being a kid. It, it, it wasn't about the money, never about the money. You know, the money obviously is nice. It's obviously over time. You know, if we'd have been off the same kind of money that's been paid today, would we have said no? Don't be ridiculous. But it's over time. But it's still about you know that that chance of, of being a success and being successful with this team. And you saw even when United lost the game uh, against West Brom. You know, that outpouring of emotion that, that Vinny showed with his family. You know, again, it's it's just genuine because, as Dave has said, you know, these players that have settled here and they get what it means to be a Manchester City player. They get that connection with the fans and they also get how tough it's been for Manchester City over the years, you know, with our rivals being so successful. And that is starting to change and it has changed. 
you think, therefore, at this point now, where we're two days away from the transfer window closing, that I know City tried to get Jorginho and didn't get him and he went to Chelsea, but do you think that somewhere in the background... Uh, Pep Guardiola and his team and the club as a whole are actually more focused on play- finding the right type of mentality in a player as much as the skill and everything. Because you will get a certain number of fans who will say, why have they not signed anybody? Why have you not gone out and got a big name? But actually you think, well, obviously there's there's Phil Ford and the, there's Brahim Diaz and there are other youngsters coming through. And you'd hope that if they come through, that they first of all, they come through together, which creates a, a team ethic straight away. But they come through with that humility that you've spoken about. And I wonder whether City now are just absolutely getting it right in terms of looking at the people as much as the, the skill set that players have got. I think I was speaking, I met with a fan yesterday and I was speaking about this and when, when I was playing and he's the the um, young lad called Charlie was there with us and he, he didn't understand the fact that we used to we used to wear 1-11 to and that was it. And I was, that number seven shirt, I wasn't giving it anybody and... and um, and all this swapping and changing of you know in rotation, I I hated that absolutely hated it. But I think it, uh, we've got it all. They 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 accept it. So it's certainly better better than any other team, any other squad. I think they accept the rotation system. I'm in some ways glad we didn't get Jorginho because I think so highly of Fernandinho, and I think Fabian Delft deserves a shot at being the. I, I think there are there will still be games when we should think about playing. A, a second central midfielder, uh, you know, even though he's absolutely astounded with me with how um, amazingly well they can dictate games, even big, big games with with um, Silver and De Bruyne in, in, in a midfield three. Um, I think there are times when we still need that option, um, and, but I think Fabian Delft is, deserves a shot at that. So, and and like you say, the the opportunity the guys have had in, in the states and in the, in the Community Shield has been brilliant. They've, they've shone through. I, I I genuinely thought that. Bernardo Silva would be the the guy to to miss game time with the arrival of Mares, and yet he seems to be the one that's first on the team sheet. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's just absolutely absolutely incredible. I think. Rule well, out Gomez and Louise, who are two young players. Louise, they're waiting waiting for a work permit for. We saw a very quick glimpse of him in America. Mm. We've seen Gomez. I came on for ten seconds, never yeah. touched the ball yeah. in the yeah. Charity Shield. But nevertheless, he's another one. Mm-hmm. So there's two that, in theory, could in- cover with. Fernandinho, you've mentioned Fabian Delph. At the moment, Zinchenko's still around. So there isn't really... It, it probably, what I suppose I'm getting at is that it's more important to have the right type of mentality of player there rather than... Necess- I'm not saying... I'm not having a go at Jorginho because I don't know him, right? Mm. But Jorginho coming in for a big packet load of money... Uh, yeah, and I think that's what I'm saying and, and expecting to play because nobody's taking Fernandinho at that team for me. <laughs> Nobody in the world is, is doing that. He, I believe he's, he's that good and that integral. So um, you, you just need support players around him and I, and I think give that opportunity to these guys that, that have been there for the last 12, 24 months. The one thing that you would say, Dave, is that you're looking at Fabian Delph, who could be that player. There's no two ways about it. And, and at the same time, you've got a player there that's got so much quality around him that although it is a difficult role and no one does play it better than Fernandinho who's been superb and again I was really annoyed and, and frustrated for him when he was abused the way he was by the Brazilian fans obviously the own goal could have happened to anybody and and the fact that he didn't have a great game like quite a few of the players in the side I was quite upset for him and I thought well never mind that lot. we all we love you and you, you, you've been superb Manchester City us. yeah exactly he is one of us and, and um, but I do feel that uh, as much as we have got those players that can step in. 
Um, I just think that Pep will just find a different way to, to, to rotate a system whereby we'll still manage and keep the ball and keep possession, even if Fernandinho isn't fit. I mean, yeah, um, Gundogan isn't that, isn't that player. But, you know, he does get about the pitch and, and he is intelligent. I mean, Kev's played deeper, but Kev's played left, he's played right. So even, even surprisingly as this may sound, John Stone stepping up, yeah, you know, said, he, could, he, could, he could do mm. that. So there are options and I'm sure that because Pep is so meticulous that he will have, you know, um, sourced uh, different um, systems and played players in different in different areas of the pitch, you know, just to ensure that he has got that plan B or plan C in terms of, of, of having players that, that can second for Fernandinho without changing was that player there are other options so I, as I say I was I, I was pleased that didn't come off in, in all honesty Right, we'll talk some more about the Charity Shield upcoming game against Arsenal. If you want to join us, then you can do so. I'll give you the number out straight after this uh, next break that's coming up. And then we'll also launch this competition for you to win a little suitcase. It's really dapper. It's got uh, an embossed city logo on the outside of it. It's the sort of thing you can put in the overhead locker or take as hand luggage. But it's really, really neat. And it's obviously got the city crest on it. And all you need to do is actually text us with Forever Blue in the title and you're in the hat. We'll launch that right after this. This is the Manchester Football Social. Forever Blue with Ian Cheeseman. Which is basically Manchester City for an hour, every Tuesday between six and seven, right here on Excess Manchester. Uh, I'm actually back again tomorrow night with Joe in the chair, and we'll be talking City and United a little bit more equally. But tonight, unapologetically, it's all City. Uh, I have with me two City absolute legends. We've got Paul Lake and David White. They played together in the great youth team, then went on to play in the first team. Famously scored five against United and, and are absolute ambassadors for the club. And both are proper blues. Not just ex-players, but proper blues. And it's an absolute joy to have them in the studio. If you want to get involved and you want to pay your tribute to Joe Hart, who of course has moved on now after so many years at City and so much success, and you want to do it in the next 20 minutes, give us a call, 0345 7625 The added bonus is you get to speak to these two legends uh, as well as talking about Joe Hart. So all three, four, five, treble one, seven, six, two, five. And I promised you also a chance for you to win, uh, well, be in the draw for it. it's a raffle sort of thing, if you want to look at it that way, uh, a chance to win uh, a case, which is a small case that you can put in the overhead locker and take with you on your travels, which is embossed with the Manchester City logo. Kit Case is the company that do it. And all you've got to do to be in the draw is to text us on 87711. Put your name on, perhaps where you're from, that'd be quite nice as well, and then Forever Blue. And those three things puts you in the draw, and about 20 minutes, if you're successful, we'll read your name out on air. So there you go, 87711 is the text number. You want to give us a call, 0345 now, I had the privilege of going out to the States and watching City in pre-season. Obviously, it was a lot of young players, mm -hmm. and we did see players, that some of which will not be that familiar um, to, to people who don't watch the EDS, etc. And by the way, this Saturday, 1 o'clock, 
at the mini stadium, the EDS are playing. So the people who were, you know, on social media saying, oh, yeah, yeah, I didn't really know him. And if we don't get a chance to watch them, they couldn't go to America. Get down to the EDS on Saturday, one o'clock kickoff, and you can see these rising young stars. So we saw some of them. We saw Leroy Sane, he was out there. The one who caught my eye, even though he arrived quite late, was Bernardo Silva. Yeah. And now we've seen the Community Shield as well. So going into the new season, optimism can't be higher, can it, guys? Well, in my opinion, no. Um, obviously, I mean, Dave mentioned it before about Bernardo Silva. Everyone thought that, I mean, he, apparently, I mean, I didn't even know this, that he played some part nearly of every game last season or was involved in, was was involved more than any other player last season, which you find hard to believe, you know. But, you know, the quality that he showed both in the World Cup, and like I say, he's, he's hit the ground running. And the way that he's kept the ball and the way that he's impacted on games, you're feeling that, as Whitey said there, that he probably would have him on the on the team sheet. And, and um, you know, we talk about a natural successor to David Silva. He is different and he don't necessarily play in that central area. But in terms of keeping the ball, in terms of that left-sided balance, in terms of understanding his roles and responsibilities, you know, he's been, he's been quality and there's so much more to come from him. And I think he's a shining example to lots of smaller players of how to use the football and use your body because you can't get the ball off of him. And he's been superb. And I, I, I tweeted as well that it's the first time I've seen so many lefties in a Man City 11, which is quite well. interesting. Phil Folden, obviously, is a left well, footer. Uh, yeah, exactly. But my, what I'm interested in is, aside of that, and I'm going to get Dave's thoughts on this, is is how Leroy Sane is going to link in with Mendy because one or two people have have, have alluded that, that perhaps, you know, because Mendy is so dynamic and he gets forward with such pace and such power, that he may actually be a hindrance to Leroy Sane rather than an assistance to him. I mean, they linked up well against Liverpool in the 5-0 and we saw that. And, and, and Mendy is quality and he is playing higher and higher up the pitch and he will be used a hell of a lot as an attacking player. But I just wonder, Dave, what your thoughts are on that in terms of, of Leroy and, uh, and Benjamin, sort of, you know, that, that dynamic on the left-hand side. Did you ever, on, uh, answering that question, hmm. David, did you ever have a full-back behind you who was taking your space? Yeah. <laughs> Not the guys sat next to me. <laughs> very early on in my career, something very, very similar. Um, when John, when we bought John Gidman, it was an absolute disaster. He's a great guy. Obviously, uh, he'd had a brilliant career and played for played for England and uh, and. But it was just a disaster for me. I, I was a, a right sided. I was. I was at, at that point. I was. A, I was a wing. I was always a forward. Although a midfield player, I was. I was the the wing of the right, the wide midfield player who'd be the attacking player. I needed someone behind me who was happy to just give me the ball, support me, uh, and I it's would Tony support. Book. Yeah, Tony. <laughs> Tony yeah. Book used to get forward. Yeah. Often, no, but in <laughs> but in support. I mean, so I played a, a lot of my time with obviously Brighter behind me or, or Mark Seagrave. I, I, when Mark Seagrave was there, it was great. He just used to give me the ball, and he'd do his job, and I'd do. I'd get me my job. I didn't want anybody running past me, um, so I. I I think he'll work it out. He'll clearly work it out, the manager. But I, I do. It is a uh, an odd dynamic on the other side. Obviously, um, if it is uh, either Mara's there or, or uh, Bernardo there, he's going to come inside onto his left foot and create that space for Walker to, Walker to get into. So it, it it will be sort of very interesting to look at. But it, I found that a major major problem because Giddy was not only running past me. He was about forty-five, so he, he couldn't he couldn't get back either. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, so it, it was interesting, but you you do have to look at the balance. I the I always said um, we try to talk about Mark Ward a lot because you 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 not only got to look at the balance between your fullbacks and your wide player on one side, look at the balance between your two fullbacks and your two wide players. 
you can't, you know, necessarily if you're playing a full four two have two wide players who are sort of hogging the line and, and not coming back. So what, Mark Ward, when he played on, on the, over that left side, offered me brilliant balance because he was basically a midfield player who was who was going prepared to go and play in a wide position. So it's there's all sorts of things you need to think about as a manager that maybe other people won't look at. I don't think any of this is going to be rigid. Obviously, Pep no. is such a flexible mm. coach, mm-hmm. and even within games. Last season, we saw Kyle Walker and Raheem Sterling predominantly on the right-hand side. Mm. And on the left-hand side, because of the injury, it was the more withdrawn, perhaps, Fabian Delph who played in that role, which allowed Leroy Sane a lot more freedom. This year, if we're expecting Mendy to play more, then this is going to be a bigger question. Mm. Does that, by default, almost mean that Pep is going to have to play a back three? It's a good question. I mean, um, I, I'm not sure how it, that answers the question that you're mm. you're giving about me, because Mendy is going to push forward even more with the back three. But does that come into it as well? Potentially, potentially it will. And and then, but because we we've got such talent, you know, beyond Fernandinho, that he could potentially play anybody in those areas. And because we do rotate, I mean, you, as as we've seen, Raheem Sterling can be the number nine, you know, as a false number nine as such. He's even played, you know, our Kev up there, and Kev's played up you know, on the right hand side, and just just ended up being you know, in those wide areas because it is such sort of a fluid system. But I'm I'm just thinking about because Leroy Sane has as maybe he's surprised been dented a little bit, not being involved in the World Cup and, and maybe there's a little bit of schadenfreude with them not doing so well but I just I, what I want him to do is I want him to be you know uh, so loved and be able to, to to kick on from last season you know, he was he was young player with a year and he, he's incredible talent and you want him to get even better but you just don't want him to be stifled so it's going to be interesting to see how Pep Guardiola manages that left side and, like you say, which formation he does play. I think he's said want... something, actually, in the press conference, which I've not heard a coach say, but is obvious. And we, as pundits, you as, as, as ex-player pundits and me looking from the outside, have often spoke about, but he actually mentioned it in the press conference on Friday, which was that different players need different ways of treating. Some, you know, get them angry. He actually said this, the best way to get the player is to be angry and to keep your distance from them, make them hate you a little bit almost, and others need that arm round. At the moment, my instinct is that Lee Raisane needs an arm round him. He's one of those who needs to be told all the time how how valued he is and how much he's loved, and then you get the best out of him. Because at the moment, he feels to me as if he's just lost a little bit of confidence, maybe as a result of, of the Germany thing. But yeah, possibly. I think Sterling's, Sterling's definitely like that way, where he, he needs, you know, completely always reassuring and reassuring. I think the big thing is we... we to get to the the absolute highest level, to to be considered to be as good as his Barcelona team, we need probably much, still need more goals from more people. So, mm. um, you know, we suddenly get twenty three goals from Sterling. That's brilliant. But you know, would that be good enough at Barcelona? I don't know. He probably, he, he probably thinks he should be getting thirty thirty three, and, and probably thinks Sane, you know, to be, uh, you know, because we, you know, Aguero as good as Aguero is, he's not going to get the fifty or sixty that. <laughs> Um, you know, Ronaldo or, or Messi have got. So he, I think he's just striving for perfection all the time. And, and I would guess that he would look at it and say, if I've got Mendy in the team, that means I can free up Sane to come inside and be more of a, you know, a support centre forward. And, and, you know, maybe that's maybe that's where he's, he's looking at it. Interesting stuff. If you want to get involved in winning the, the little mini case, kick case, 87711 is our text number. Just put your name, where you live or where you, where you are at the moment and Forever Blue, which is the name of this show, and you can 
be in the hat for that. And if you want to talk about Joe Hart, 0345 We're going to talk to, to Joe Corrigan, who, of course, is a legendary City goalkeeper a little later on about the impact of Joe Hart. But City have this expectation level on them now, which will come from the media. And if City are not winning every single game, if they're not looking as if they're going to get 100 points and goals... Is there going to be an unfair pressure and City going to be able to handle that? I mean, I don't want to look on a negative side and as a blue, all I can see is positivity and optimism. But my worry is that if they were to start off with a couple of draws even, you know, draw two out of the first five and win the other three, suddenly people are going, oh, at this stage last season they had more points and dropped any, blah, 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 blah. You, does, does the pressure that comes with being the Centurion champions worry you? Um, I think it, with, with a different group of players... You'd, you'd ask that question. But I just feel that there's such a togetherness, such a connection with these players now. They've got that wealth of experience. At the same time, they've got world-class players and there's there's a real uh, excitement within the squad of what each other can achieve. And they seem to be pushing each other all the time, you know, and, and not in a, you know, uh, one-upmanship or that negativity. You don't feel that. And... Because of the way that Pep has dealt with the media and dealt with the squad and been able to, to, you know, em- embrace all the challenges. I mean, the, uh, the film that, that is going to be coming out, that's got a mini series. You get, and Amazon, you get a real sense from Pep as to, as to what he's about. All things that you, you've mentioned about making players angry and getting them to hate you, all those things. But you just know that he can manage a group of players, you know, and he can manage the media and they will, they will lay it on, you know, thick and Gary Neville will be at it all the time because they were that successful, you know, and rightly so, you know, to be, to be considered to be the best, you have to do it time and time again. And Pep will be expecting more things from each player and more responsibility, as David said there, be expecting more goals. I mean, Riyad Mahrez, you know, as, as quality as he is, the one thing that Leicester fans could level at him is that maybe he hasn't scored enough goals, certainly last season. So there'll be an expectation on his shoulders and maybe he will push Raheem Sterling. He will push the Roy Sani. So there's different dynamics in there about each other, almost egging each player on to be, to be, to be better and to him to be better. And they know the level now, you know, the interviews are all the players don't you see that there's an expectation that there's going to eight out of ten is a minimum you know what i mean for all the players and if they're achieving less than that they're disappointed and that's a minimum and we've seen some almost perfect football last season you know like we've never seen before in a man city shirt as good as we were in 2012 2014 at times where players have shown brilliance and it's been the, the game here and there where it's been exceptional but never to the standard that was last season and it will be hard pushed to, to be able to achieve that and also other teams becoming wise to how to play against City or changing the, that dynamic of how to play I mean Bristol City showed you know lots of sides how to press Man City okay it wasn't our strongest side but even so they've got other things that are going to be thrown into the mix which are the uncontrollables so you know there's going to be an expectation there's going to be a standard we are going to be favourites everyone expects us to go and win it again but will we win it by it's obviously going to be a lot lot tighter Liverpool are going to be stronger Man United all ways are Tottenham are going to be well what are they going to come up with in the new stadium Arsenal have got a fantastic you know investment in players so there's lots of sides that are going to be better so that hopefully is going to push City to be even better again but I just feel that Pep's backroom staff and Pep himself they know how to manage that and I think we're in a really really exciting place well obviously we've also talking about Joe Hart who's departed now to Burnley today and Mark joins us now wants to uh, pay his tribute to uh, to Joe Hart and Mark Hi, Cheesy. Well, now very well, thank you. Can't wait for the new yeah. season. How, how are you feeling about Joe moving on? Uh, 
Um, well, I mean, his position in the uh, sort of pantheon of, of city gods is firmly, firmly there because he was fundamental to the side that uh, won the, our first league title. And uh, your little snippet before of uh, the embrace with uh, Clichy, uh, that'll be forever etched in my mind. I think it was a beautiful moment. Um, so, and you know, that save—well, they should have won save of the season if it wasn't. Um, it was the save of the season was picked after, before the season had finished, but a save against. Uh, Swansea late in the in the, in the uh, it was last match of the season, campaign. wasn't it? Oh, absolutely incredible! I think it was only better by Niall Quinn's penalty day, I think. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. but, but uh, no, I mean that, that that kid, you know, from from when we were signing when he was about fifteen, and uh, he's come right through. And uh, so I'm just driving just on my way to work. My apologies. Um, no, he's, uh, the kid's been fantastic, and unfortunately, um, the way City play, the way Pep wants to play. Uh, he just doesn't fit in with that anymore. But uh, you know, big thank you, thank you very much, Joe. You've done your, you've, you've done your bit. You uh, will be forever be revered. And, and sort of on the same sort of light, uh, your two legends that you've got in there. They were they were they were my inspiration when I was trying to play football to reach their standards. And a little just a touch older than me, you know, 21 plus VAT. <laughs> um, but um, you know those two, and one thing to think about those two—they've they've both come through their own particular issues, and they still re- maintain their humility. And they're both wonderful human beings. So thank you, you two, for being who you are. Thank, thank you very much. Um, but yeah, heart, absolutely superb. So uh, yeah, good luck, fella. Uh, well said. Thank you. Have a safe journey to work. I can only echo the comments that you make about these two because I know them very well, and I know that they, as you say, they both. Uh, had issues or are dealing with issues and the dignity and uh, uh, you know the, the type of people that they are um, they carry themselves very very well so uh, you won't say it about yourselves guys but I'll say it and I know there's a lot of love out there for you now we're going to carry on and we're going to talk about the, the opening of the season at Arsenal in a second just a quick reminder 87711 is our text number if you want to try and uh, win that kit case which is the Manchester City embossed hand luggage case I think it will go in the overhead locker uh, if you still want to talk uh, like Mark did about Joe Hart, 0345 7625. We'll be right back after this. This is the Manchester Football Social, Forever Blue, with Ian Cheeseman. And we're back every Tuesday, 6 till 7, all the way through the season. So every single Tuesday, make sure it's tuned to 106.1 FM. Tell your mates, tell your friends, download the app. You can get the podcast. I'll put the link out after. We're talking tonight with two city legends, David White and Paul Lake, who are both in the studio with me. I'm Ian Cheeseman. Of course, uh, XS Manchester also has the Wednesday Club and uh, Gary Owen and Mickey Thomas on a Monday. There's a sport all the way through every night, 6 till 7. And in a moment, we'll tell you who's won our kit case, which is the Manchester City embossed City case. And we'll be speaking to another City legend, Joe Corrigan, about Joe Hart. But first, the one connection, well, you've got a lot of connections, you two, but one connection between the two of you is your good lady, uh, uh, Paul, I'm looking at, because Joanne wrote both of your, well, helped you. I wonder where you were going there, were yeah. Write your two <laughs> books. Didn't, didn't she? She did, that's right, yeah. And yeah. she's like award winning mm-hmm. and actually makes you seem eloquent, Paul. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, you can't really, you know, she did Howard Webb's book and yeah. she's working on other things as well. Mm-hmm. And your book, uh, Shades of Blue, is out now, Paul. And another. David, David, my name. You what? David. My name's David, not Paul. D- yeah, you're David, yeah, right. I was looking at David, and yeah, yeah, right, okay. So you, David, yes. have a book out called Shades of Blue. Yes. You very kindly sponsor my vlog at the weekend uh-huh. uh, on YouTube as well, so thanks for doing that. 
Um, and it, it's obviously just like it was with Paul, who opened his heart about all different things that happened in his life, his injury, the depression he had to deal with, etc. You've had different things that have happened in your life as well as your career. Mm -hmm. So another heartfelt book from you, isn't it? Yeah, as, as quick as I can. I, I, I wrote 100,000 words. I, I was... 100,000? 100,000 words. I was, exactly. Cause I can't I'm even a bit, think I'm, of 100,000. I'm a bit OCD. So <laughs> I, I, it was more than that and I had to cut it down so it was back down to 100,000 words. And obviously all the story of me um, abuse as a kid is in there and uh, took it to, to Paul and, and, and Joanne and um, she agreed to sort of collaborate on it, which which was fantastic. And, and she turned it in from just a few pub tales, I guess, to, to a, a very readable book. Uh, we published it and, and in the middle of all that, um, my views of Barry Bedell was in court, so we, could, we couldn't publicise it at all. So to be honest, we, I think we're all just now just trying to say, get the book out there and so... Um, if you go on my Twitter or Facebook, Dave, David underscore White Seven, uh, just drop me a line on there or Facebook or, or um, you can get me at David at save, uh, saveassociation.com and we can get you a signed book out. Um, 20 quid, I think they are personally delivered. Well, personally signed. I do personally deliver some of them in Manchester, mm -hmm. to be fair. So I think it's a good read. She, you know, Joe jo did a brilliant job with it, as she did with Paul's. And um, um, I, I love that type of book anyway, but I've read it loads of times, mate, it's great. Well, I can only <laughs> say that Joanne is a genius to make you two look interesting. Thank you very right, much. Anyway, let's, yeah, cheers. let's move on to, uh, to Joe Hart again. We've got the legend that is Joe Corrigan joining us now. Evening, Joe. Evening, how are you? I'm not too bad at all. Obviously excited about the new season, but sad to see Big Joe, the other Big Joe, go. And, and you'll have studied him more than anybody else. How, how big a, a hero is he to you? Is he, is he a hero to you? Well, he was, because when I was the uh, head coach, goalkeeping coach at West Point Jalbion, Brian Robson asked me to go and watch him when he was young boy at Shrewsbury Town, which was one of the teams with Harry Gregg that I used to, uh, I went on loan to when I was at City. Um, I saw him a few times playing for Shrewsbury. I went back to Brian and said uh, he's worth a, worth a dabble in and uh, unfortunately City had put in a, a massive bid for a young goalkeeper and it worked out uh, fantastic for Manchester City. You know, we did, uh, we, could, we couldn't afford what City did. I think it was something around the region of £750,000 going up to about £3 million after a certain, you know, length of time. But uh, he, he deserved what he got. He's been a fantastic ambassador for Manchester City and a fantastic goalkeeper for City. And his attitude, I mean, the ways, uh, the dignity in which he's carried himself, when you compare it, and, and I'm a big fan of Yaya Torre, so it, it hurts me to say this, but, but with the, the different publicity, if you like, let, let's broad stroke it, around Yaya Torre, which has tarnished his image, as I mentioned to the lads before, there is an excuse, if you wanted one, for Joe to actually be a little bit like that, but he hasn't, has he? He's, been, he's risen above it and, and had fantastic dignity. No, no, he's been absolutely superb. You know, he's he because he was such a hero at Manchester City, and he was such a, a strong, strong player and character within the dressing room. He developed this aura around him. Yaya had the same type of aura as a player, but because of certain circumstances, I'm not going to name names. Um, he then went public with it, and in Joe's case, he didn't. And Joe got on with his job, took the the good with the bad with the good, sorry, 
I just got on with the job. He's a goalkeeper. He wanted to play football. Certain circumstances with Yaya was not the best, if you understand what I'm trying to say. Um, but Joe got on with it, went on loan to uh, Leon, and then he went to West Ham, did his job there. Unfortunately, it didn't work out for him. And, but, you know, you've got to accept the fact that the manager, Guardiola's come in, and he's decided that he, Joe's not in his plans, and you've got to accept what the manager wants. And... Joe was the one who suffered. If you ask, if you understand what I mean, it's it's difficult when you're a goalkeeper yourself. You think you're doing the right things, and you know it wasn't all. I'm not saying it wasn't all his fault. Let's put it that way. And of course, it's the loneliest job in the world, which you'll testify to. In that, there's only one position in the team. It's not as if you can, as a goalkeeper, um, you know, slot in at right back or something. You know, it's, it's there's one position, and generally, goalkeeper plays every week. So. It's all or nothing, isn't it? Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, but I used to be one of the best uncapped centre forwards in the world. <laughs> mind, but I was, uh, as Paul and the lads will know about that, a goalkeeper's always one of the best outfield players, but none of the lads could play in goals. They all try it, but they can't do it. Um, no, it's very lonely. You've got to accept the good with the bad um, and just get on with it. And that's why we're all, we, you know, we're all called Madazatas because we, you know, we just got to accept mistakes. It's how you accept the mistakes, how you accept the downside with the good side that makes you a a better goalkeeper and, and a, a better and be a better person. I can ask this now to all three of you because obviously let's take Joe Corrigan out of the equation here. I don't mean in terms of answering it, but in terms of nominations. I didn't see Bert Trowman. I met him and, and a great guy and I know his reputation. Same with Frank Swift. But I've seen all the great goalkeepers since then, including Tony Colton that you, you mentioned, David. Uh, and obviously we've seen Joe Hart now. So let's start with Joe Corrigan. You can't pick yourself, Joe. Is he the greatest goalkeeper that you've seen in the flesh for City? Like I say, in terms of seeing goalkeepers in the, in the flesh, I mean... I worked up close and personal with with um, with Tony Colton, um, and obviously when I was a kid, you know, and, and I've worked alongside Joe and Colin you and Tommy Booth, Corrigan, and, and yeah, but you know, <laughs> but it's like it, it's when you're actually with them and you're day to day, week by week, month by month, and you you see what they're having to deal with. You know, you get a real sense of of, of like said Joe said the loneliness of that. But really, it, it's difficult because they were different teams in different times. I mean, Joe for me, you know, I still felt he should have you know had had more more England caps. I was saying because on the line, that's what I that's what I felt. So you're t- Joe you know, Corrigan, Joe Corrigan, yeah. And, and obviously, TC was fantastic for us, both as a character and a goalkeeper. But you know, in terms of being that 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 number one and 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 the amount of times that Joe Hart during our championship winning season, the amount of times that he saved us, you know, in, individually, he was the difference for so many points, and that's the reason for me why you know Joe's got to be right up there as being the best. But you have to say that you know of the eras, you know, you've got some wonderful goalkeepers, some incredible pre- pre- presence that Joe had, and Joe Hart has, and Tony Colton. So for us, it's kind of mixed really, but it's those three for me that are the standout goalkeepers. Well, it sounds like you're just edging Joe Hart. What about you, Dave? I'd absolutely concur with that. I think um, Joe got Joe Hart got the opportunity to play in an era where the players around him were, were you know, were fantastic and, and they've won they've won trophies. And I, I think absolutely, had Tony Colton been given that same opportunity and had Big Joe been given that same opportunity, 
they, they'd have relished exactly the same as my opinion. I think it's very, very difficult to say that one is the best goalkeeper. I think they're all three of them as good as each other, but it's Joe Hart that's ended up with the 75 caps and the and the, uh, the medals, isn't it? And briefly, Joe Corrigan, is, is Joe Hart the best goalkeeper you've seen at City? No, I was. I used to watch him. It's a thing you can't you can't say about who's the best, who's not the best, because you know you think I went. Well, I always remember Malcolm Allison when I first joined City as a young sixteen, seventeen year old kid saying he's going to be better than Swift, and it was. You know, it was one of them millstones round your neck because Frank Swift was the legend and alongside Bert Trotman. Well, he certainly was one of the best. We're going to have to leave it there, Joe. Uh, Thanks very much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Cheers, Joe. Cheers, Joe. Thanks very much to Paul Lake and David White. Well done to... See you at the next game. Bye. See you you later. Uh, Sheila from Eccles is, is the kick case winner, so well done to you. And we're going to do it all again next week, Forever Blue. Thanks, guys. The heroes are going to leave the room now, sadly. And uh, I'm back tomorrow night. See you then. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.